Okay, Shalom, we are up to chapter 13 in the Tanya, and we are going deeper into the Benoni. We discussed the Benoni in last class, chapter 12. Uh, we discussed the Russia in chapter 11, the Tzaddik in chapter 10, and now we're going deeper. It makes sense because the Sefer is called Sefer Benoni. So this is, this is where we're at. This is what we're striving to be. The tzaddik is described as a yid who is perfectly aligned internally and therefore obviously his external world, meaning his behavior, is going to be perfect. The rasha is not perfectly aligned internally, meaning he has desires, he has godly desires and he also has selfish personal desires. Remember, we, as we've always said, the, the, the fight always comes down between me and God. There's nothing else. So a person who isn't completely godly means he has um, means he has um, desires left for his own selfish, own, his own self. Uh, that's the level internally. So that would be like a Russia. And then his behavior if he doesn't behave perfectly, and we explained that 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 can be on a uh, on a you know on a very large continuum from basically you know constant avayers to just the possibility of being able to do an avayer. Okay, um, that would be the level of Russia. So the re the level of Benoni is the level where the person's inner world is divided, meaning he has a strong sense of self. Um, but he also has a strong sense of the Um, But his behavior is perfect. His primary tool for that is what we said is called Moyach Shole Alalev, which is the default way that we got created, which means your heart, your mind rules over your heart. And the example we always give is that, or give any example, but a person's about to do something that is not Beseda. And he has a strong tie to do it, like he's uh he's uh he quit smoking for however long and he's about to have a cigarette, and someone jumps out of the bush and says, Here's a thousand dollars to not smoke that cigarette, and the guy will put the cigarette away. The the moyach is always shole alalave. Okay, we're gonna discuss that in more detail right now. Um yeah, so the Benoni. We're really going to get now into like the, the mechanics of how it actually works. So it's quite a kind of a nitty gritty share, but hopefully it will it will have payers. Okay, so the, the Benoni is described as Zevazeshoftan, meaning that in his inner world, he has these two voices. Shoftan, although we we translate that as a judge, in English that means the guy who adjudicates and decides. But in this context, it means more like an oirech din, more like a lawyer who puts forth a who puts forth an opinion. So in the Benoni, you've got two opinions. You've got the opinion of you've got the opinion of the Sahara, and you've got the opinion of the Yitzhatov. And the question is, which way is he going to? Which way is he going to go behaviorally? And we know the answer to that. The answer to that, to, to that question is he will go lefi the mitzvah and he will not go lefi the avera because he's a Benoni. That's what a Benoni is. A person who has a Yitzhahara 
obviously also has a Yetzir Tov, and they're vying, they're both, they're both calling what they want. And this person always ends up going with the Yetzir Tov. That's the definition of Benoini. So this is just such an interesting thing because the way the Rebbe describes it, the Rebbe writes it in an almost like kind of childish like scenario. The lotion he uses makes it seem so kind of simplistic and babyish when if you just translate it into more kind of technical psychoanalytical terms, it's so sophisticated and 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 cutting edge. Um, what we're really going to do now, we have spoken about this in other in other times, but what we're really going to do now is try and understand the difference between Bechira and Bechira Chofshis. What is free will? What is free will? Why is it called free? So... This is the way the Rebbe describes it, okay? And then I'm going to translate it into like modern psychological terms. But the way the Rebbe describes the process is a five-step process. The Yetzirah states his opinion in the left side of the heart. He says, I want to do X, yeah? That message goes up into the brain and the Nefesh Lakis argues against and he sends a message, he sends a message back down to the heart where the Yetzir Toiv, who lives in the heart, on the right side of the heart, says his opinion, which is contrary, opposite to the opinion of the Yetzir that was in the left side of the heart. Now they're in this kind of stalemate. It's the same way on either side. And then God illuminates, he shines a light onto the Nefesh Elokis, and the person chooses Toiv. That's the way that the Rebbe describes it in the 13th Perchatania. So I translated this into like modern psychological terms, okay? I'm gonna read what I wrote. You can, the uh, the uh, the notes will be available in the, wherever stuff is available. Okay, so number one, the average person, because his principal experience of reality is egocentric, primarily assesses all stimuli on an instinctual emotional level where one's sense of self is most profoundly manifest. Meaning we look at the world because we're primarily ego-based. We look at the world through the, really through the paradigm of the words, what do I feel about this? That's the Yetzirah. That's called the Yetzirah. When we look at something, the words that first spring to mind is what are my thoughts about this? How do I feel about this? That's because we are primarily egocentric, okay? Have you ever thought about how a baby, like sometimes I do, when I go into the mikvah, you go, you know, in the mikvah, you hear, there's all those, like, like even when you're by yourself in the mikvah, Kavachum and other people, you'll hear like bubbling and kind of like, there's noises going on in the mikvah, yeah? It's like, a you know, it's water swishing around and whatever, yeah? So if you go into the mikvah, and you know, one of the most partial meditations is this meditation of being reborn, meaning you go into your mother's womb, you close up, and you yeah, that's that partial thing people do. You ever thought about when you hear those bubbles, yeah, or you hear that swooshing, you're like in your mind, like, I wonder what that is. What do you think a baby, a fetus, a fetus in the mother's womb? What's the fetus in the mother's womb thinking about that 
that beat going on in the background the whole time. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. What's the fetus thinking about that? Yeah, the, the fetus is hearing that the whole time and him bubbling and swirling and smushing and all kinds of things. What's the fetus thinking about that? It's not thinking anything about that. It's just experiencing that. Exactly. That's called not being in an egocentric world. An egocentric perspective is when you start asking yourself, well, I wonder what that is. What's that about? How's that relate to me? How do I relate to that? Etc. The, the real experience would be just the experience without thought. We can't even imagine that because we're so, our minds are so like that. Yeah, but that would be the that that's a good it's a good uh, a good meditation when you're in the mikvah to just be and it's a good meditation for everything. Don't analyze, don't label, don't 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 compare and contrast and 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 order and and just 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 experience, just experience. Look at a tree and don't put words, don't bombard it with words and previous trees that you've seen and your feeling about you know apples and green and and wood and just 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 see the tree anyway so because we're egocentric we don't do that and we have an opinion we have an opinion on x so now we've had that opinion now if this instinctual emotion if this instinctual emotional impulse is not immediately acted upon which we do most of the time yeah, it will travel up to the brain where will it, where will it, where it will be assessed by the emotionless intellect. Yeah, the intellect will now listen to this opinion that got spat up or this desire, whatever you want to call it, that got spat up from the heart. Yeah, from the ego, so to speak, and it will now process it without any emotion and a rational opinion as to the the validity of this impulse will be rendered by the brain. The brain will make a cheshbon and determine, is this a good impulse or is this a bad impulse? Is this an impulse that I can give into or that I should go with? Or this is, is this an impulse that I have to be oimed against and not, and not give into? Yeah. If it decides the latter, that it decides that it's an impulse that isn't good, then it's going to send back, primarily by way of the endocrine system, some kind of biochemical message that will go back down to the heart. And that will create an opposing desire in the other side of the heart. That's called the Yetzatoiv piping up. It's all chemicals. You could call the chemicals malachim if you want. That's what that's how it is in, in that's how we understand it in this generation. So now we had the original impulse, the egocentric impulse, which said, do it, do it. And then you now, after the brain has decided that that's not the right thing, it now sends back down a message, and the and the the we have a, a contrary impulse that says, Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Now, in this case, if you you'll find yourself in an almost kind of catatonic state where you have two equal impulses to do opposite things. And at that point, you can't really do anything. At that point, if you can hold, if you can hold your ground, so to speak, yeah, just basically buy some time, then what will happen is in a kind of magical, mystical way, you're ability to 
overcome the negative impulse will actually increase and you will be able to be Omed the Nisayan. And I think that is, from my, this is my thoughts, I think that's the first Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, where it says, Masunim Badim. The very first thing that Avo says, it says, be deliberate in Din. And I think it's really getting at this Indian of, of uh, Bechil Chofshis, where Bechil Chofshis isn't really something that you do, it's something that happens to you. Well, yeah. It doesn't sound like magical and mystical to me. It sounds like it's the buying of time which cools down the passion of the heart, no? I'm I don't know if I don't think it works like that. I think it's it's the it's the it's the opposite. It's the it's the assay toiv. It's the it's the neshama being allowed to give being allowed its expression through. I think it's more that it's mevatel the uh mevatel the the taiva because love dafka the taiva could if you're not giving into something the taiva could be mischazek bizman. But I think the 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 the, the Indian of Bechir Chofshis is that the nefesh of the kis itself actually expresses herself. That's what's called the light of God shining onto the nefesh of the kis. It's the very panemius of the nefesh of the kis, the yechida should be yechida, whatever it is, the essence of the nefesh of the kis that expresses herself, and that's called Bechir Chofshis. So Bechira is a choice between A and B. And you can make, like we've said many times, you that the, the choice, Bechira, is guided by either intellect or emotion. That's what makes you decide something, Alpi Bechira. Whether it's it's going to be that your intellect compels you or, and your emotion compels you, but that isn't called, that's not called free choice. You're being compelled. Like the example we always give, if somebody offers you a $10 bill and a $100 bill, you're compelled by your intellect to take the $100 bill. That can't be called free will. You're not free. And that's the same with all choices. It's the cheshbon. It's the hesp, it's the heshbon. So Bechira Chofshis is Bli Heshbon. It's Lamalam in a Heshbon. And it's the it's the essence of the soul expressing itself through uh through the reason, through the emotion, whatever it is, and uh and 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 dominating, so to speak, and winning the battle. <laughs> okay, so that's basically how the Rebbe describes Bechira Chofshis. That's really what Bechira is. When it's not, it didn't come down, so it comes out like this. If a person doesn't do an Aveira because he doesn't want to go to Gehenna, that's called a Bechira decision. And that would be comparable to a guy who hires, who you know, a guy, a wealthy guy who hires some big bouncer to walk around with his son. And every time his son wants to do something that isn't Bethesda, yeah, the bouncer gives him a clap around the head. That would prevent the son from doing anything wrong. The son would make a cheshbon. Right now I want to do this, which isn't correct, but I know I'm going to get a clip around the ear if I do that, so I'm not going to do that. 
that's just called logic. That's called sensible. There's nothing magical or mystical about that. And that's what the Rebbe is trying to tell us, that the 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 Jew is making decisions, the Jew is making um the Jew is making decisions, free will decisions, and that means that is Hashem coming down into his world. And that's happening by the Benoini. That's happening by the Benoini in uh, uh, even if you are making in your mind and stuff, it doesn't mean that this process isn't taking place underneath underneath all of the uh, underneath all of the Cheshboinus. Okay. Well, I don't really get how the process works. I don't like it. I feel like if Hashem, if Hashem illuminates the Yetzir type, then he, then how is it his decision? How is it the person's decision? Yeah. The person, that's what you just said, basically. The person kind of staves off. He kind of delays doing the actual thing that he shouldn't be doing. And if he can hold his ground and stay in that kind of stalemate position, then that will be enough. Oh, that's the only way to go through it is to like just be through it and like experience it and that's, just that's that's the only way. That's the way Bechir Hofshis was. Bechir Hofshis is not this kind of like I mean it can be a, an intense struggle, but just to remain to remain passive, so to speak, you can't do Bechir Hofshis. Bechir Hofshis happens through you. Ah. That's why it's the release of the Rabbeinu into this world. That's why it's so halig. That's why it's so halig. Okay, so we're going. We'll let, let's let's move on. So so we're going to answer up a couple of questions. We answered some questions at the beginning of Tanya. The first question we asked, the very beginning of Tanya, the very first question is: They make you promise that you're going to be a tzaddik and not be a rasha. And if the whole world, he brings from the Gomorrah, if the whole world calls you a tzaddik, you should see, you should be in your eyes like a Russia. Yeah? And then the Rebbe comes along and brings riots from, from Mishnah and from, from Chazal and also from Svara, why it's no good to see yourself as a Russia. So the answer the Rebbe gives in this chapter, 13 chapters later, is that you see yourself Russia, like a Russia, not as a Russia, like a Russia, meaning that you should understand that even if you feel that you don't have any negativity or any selfishness left inside you, you should always be on guard. Like a Russia means you're not a Russia, you're a Benoni. You're in a world... Your inner world is divided, even if your behavior is perfect. So you shouldn't see yourself as a Russia. You should see yourself like a Russia, meaning a Benoini who is internally exactly the same as a Russia, but externally behaves perfectly. And that's the difference. So he answers up that question. Then he answers another question. Meaning, meaning you should be mayachas yourself to a Russia as opposed to a tzaddik, even though you're half Half a Russian, half a Tzaddik. Well, no, he says Kurasha mean that Kurasha means like a Benoini. You're like a Russia, meaning a Benoini's got much oh, more. Meaning in common a Tzaddik with... just seems a Benoini huh? is a Benoini. Uh, well, really, a, a Benoini is a, a Benoini is an in between is the in between level where he has the mahus of a Russia, 
his inner world is of the Russia, but his external world, his behavior is Masadic. So what is he? He's Karusha. He is like a Russia. His behavior is like a Tzaddik. But he is Karusha. Well, that's what I'm saying. He should be miyachas himself to the Russia aspect, not the Tzaddik. Don't fool yourself into thinking you're a Tzaddik. Your mahus goes after your inner world, not your outer world. Well, that well, not your mahus goes after your inner world. Your mahus is your inner world. So he is Karusha. He's like a Russia, meaning that his inner world is divided. He's got he's got um selfish impulses and 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 selfless godly impulses so that's co-russia so don't think of yourself as a russia think of yourself like a russia meaning your inner world is divided but your behavior is is uh so you should see yourself as a benoni that's what everybody should see themselves as that you can reach behavioral perfection okay the second question is really what the whole safe is based on is rubber 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 bar, bar nachmeni who made a Peladika statement and he was talking to Abai and he said there's Bainonim, there's there's Rashaim, there's Tadikim, there's Bainonim. Like me, for example, I'm a Bainonim. And Abai turns around to Rabba and says, Rabba, if you call yourself a Bainonim, then we're all Rashaim. And the question the Rebbe asks is, how could Rabba Barnachmeni call himself a Benoini? He was a tzaddik gamor. He was a tremendous tzaddik. Like to the point where the story is he'd never stopped talking Torah. And the Malach Mavis couldn't take him, Bichlal. And he passed him the thing he died. I think in Baba Basra, there's the Gamor where he he passed him. There was a machlaikas between between Hashem and the and the um was it called the Masivda de Rakia, where they were they were on a certain din in Tumantara, and he died with the word Tahara, Taho. He died with the word Taho on his lips. He puskined between a machlaikas between the Masifda de Rakia and the Rabbinishlam. They asked Rabbi Banachmani to give Psak, and he died with the words Taho on his That's who he was. He was he was the biggest of the biggest. He was the he was the biggest of the generation. Tremendous, and he's calling himself a Benoini. How can that be? So you could just turn around and say, well, he was just lying. He was a tzaddik, and he called himself a Benoini. And this is a big lesson in what humility is. Humility does not include lying. You can't lie. Being humble would mean you would take like the the less uh, the less complimentary option, maybe. But you can't lie. If you're, you know, if you're a concert level pianist and somebody asks for a pianist to say, well, I don't know how to play the piano, would not be humble. That would be false. Um, so so really the the the, the really the uh, the Tanya bases its whole its whole philosophy on this, or a big chunk of its whole philosophy on this, on this mima from Rabba. Rabba said. I'm like a Benoini, and he was a Tzaddik Gamal. So the, the Rebbe asks, how can it be that a Tzaddik Gamal could legitim legitimately confuse himself with a Benoini? And the answer is that if the Benoini is Asuk in Torah and Mitzvahs, 
the Ra inside of him could be silenced to the point where he could actually think that he's a tzaddik. The person who's constantly involved in Torah and mitzvahs can be in such a state of moichin de godless that his 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 kadosh side is so activated and his chol side has become so dormant that he could actually think he's a tzaddik. So Rabba went the opposite way. Rabba was really a tzaddik, but he was like Pasuk Pumi Megirsa. He never stopped learning. So he said, you know what? I'm a Benoini, meaning, you're right. It, you, I'm, you know, for all intents and purposes, I feel like a tzaddik. But that's just because I never stopped learning for a second. That's because I never let Hashem out of my life for one second. I'm consciously being Ovid, Kol Regga Regga, and I'm I'm that if I would stop my avoiders for one moment, the Yetzirah would be right back in there, and, and that's a Benoni. So he said, like, I'm a Benoni. That's an amazing chizuk for us. That's an amazing chizuk for us, because if we just stay... If we just keep working hard, yeah, don't let your guard down. Keep working hard. Dedicate yourself to the Rabbeinu Shloilim. And, and the biggest, the key to this really, as we've said over and over, says Rabbi Yochanan, Halavai and men should daven all day long. Why? Because that's the Bechina of a Tzaddik. That's a Benoni. That's how Benoni becomes a... Ex- experiences, tastes, pardon me, the madrega of a tzaddik. Tefillah is the primary one. The chiddush of Rabbah was he did it through Torah. That's a bigger chiddush. Tefillah is easier to experience moichin degadlus than Torah. But Rabbah experienced it, dafka through Torah. His Torah was Tefillah. That's like a moiridika, that's a moiridika madrega. But we have got access to these madregas through Tefillah primarily. Yeah, but no, also Torah. But 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 through to filler, and now the Rebbe goes on. I'm going to finish the shir on this on this Indian, which is a Moiridika Indian. The concept of MS. What is what does MS mean? What is MS? So the passage from Mishlei says, "Svas MS tichoin laad vaad ariga loshen sheker." The union of MS is that it's constant and it's eternal. MS doesn't fluctuate. And MS always is. If it's MS now, it will be MS later. MS is not um is not subject to the to the winds of of anything. MS is always as it is. And it never changes. And at the same time, MS is also relative. Okay, we're trying to explain all of this. Okay, so basically the Rebbe is concerned with the fact that the Benoni, when he's davening, he's all, he experiences a genuine love for a Boinashroelum, okay? But then when he stops davening, all his foreign loves come back up and he is pulled in all these different directions. So the Rebbe is concerned, and the Rebbe says, well, that isn't MS, is it? Because MS is svas emes tichoin l'ad. It's forever. 
yeah, and the ad Auriga loss and Sheker and 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 Sheker is momentary and fluctuate and it fluctuates. So what? So that means that the 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 Benoinis avoid it isn't MS. And the Rebbe answers, no, it is MS. Compared to the avoider of the tzaddik, it's not MS. The tzaddik's emotional state is constant. He's constantly aligned, constantly aligned with the Ravona Shmodem. The Benoni's emotional state is fluctuating. Sometimes he's mamish all the way there. Sometimes he's mamish not there. Goes up and down. So in comparison to the avoider of the tzaddik, it's not, it's not, it's not MS. However, who's comparing? The Metsius of the Benoni is that this is his struggle. This is his avoider. He has to struggle with these, with this fluctuating inner world. Sometimes he's on fire for God. Sometimes he's not on fire for God. Sometimes, sometimes he's on fire for other stuff. That's the reality of the Benoni. That's his MS. So relative to the tzaddik, it's not MS, but relative to himself, in context of who he is and what he was created to be, it's MS La'amitoi. He says it's um, a void of tama, but MS La'amitoi. It's a perfect service, and perfect service, and it's MS La'amitoi. That's one thing that he says. Then he explains another thing, um, on, on, and on regards to that, just he brings a kind of um, Kabbalah Dika Indian and explains that the feet and the heels of the level above are higher than the Moichin and the Rosh of the level below. And that's the, in Avois, it says it's better to be the tail of a lion than it is the head of a fox. Yeah, that's the Indian, is that accordingly, as it goes down the madragas, the highest level of the madraga below is not as high as the lowest level of the madraga above. That's this union of, of a relative concept, a relative level of MS. And then he says another thing that's really important is that because the Benoini, it's within his ability to um, to uh, generate these emotions through, he says, uh, proper preparation in davening. Basically, through taking shachris seriously, the Benoini has the ability to generate these emotions for the Boi And therefore, he argues that because he potentially can always generate these emotions, that's also called MS. So he finishes by basically saying that the avoider of the Benoni is MS. We're like, well, who cares? Whatever. He obviously cares because MS is a very important thing. So now, it, just an interesting side point is the Rebbe, the Rebbe's name is Shnei Zalman, so Shneor. His Pasuk is Sfas MS Tichon La'ad Adariga Loshan Sheka. That was his Pasuk. So the, in fact, the only place in Tanya where he mentions himself, he says, Harani. Uh, I testify that this this Benoni's avoider is MS. The only time he mentions the word I is here, because this is his pasuk. Okay, I just want to I want to spend the last little bit of this year explaining another concept, which is very interesting. The difference between MS and Matthias. 
What's the difference in MS and Metsias? So MS, like we said, is constant and always. Doesn't change. MS is MS. Metsias changes. So the way my Rebbe explains it is he talks about truth and fact. There's truth, which is immutable, unchangeable, and eternal. And then there's fact, which is transitory and momentary and fluctuates. So what's what does it actually mean? So, so in a sense, you can say that MS is the way that Hashem looks at reality. And Metsias is the way that we look at reality. See, the question is something like this, yeah? Well, let's say that we say it another way. MS is how things should and must be. Metsias is how they actually are. Which means Yidden do Torah and mitzvahs. That's the MS. Yidden observe Torah and mitzvahs is true. The fact is there's a few Yidden who aren't who aren't holding by Torah and mitzvahs. That's a fact. But that's not MS. MS is that a Yid does mitzvahs. In fact, the MS is that that's all a Yid does. A Yid is a mitzvah machine. That's all he does. That's all he is. That's his entire Metsias. I'm using the word Metsias as a different concept. That's who he is. That's true. That's really true. The Metsias that we see in the world is that that's not the case. But that's just momentary. That's going to be gone. And you're going to see all the Yidna are going to be mamash, shakur and kashur to Torah and Mitzvah's mamash. Because MS has to be. It's like the story of, uh, of Hanina Bendosa with the his daughter came to him just before Shabbos, you know, the Gorontinus, and she says, uh, Abba, I uh, I put vinegar in the uh, I put vinegar in the uh, in the candles. And he says, Don't worry about it. Who the one who said that vinegar should burn, he's gonna say so the one who said the oil should burn, he'll say vinegar should burn. That's also the Indian of by 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 before Matantoya by Kriyas Yamsuf. We had to get to Har Sinai. That's true. That was true. Like the candles had to be lit for Shabbos. That's truth. Yeah. But the Metsias was there was a sea in front of us. So Hashem moved the sea for us. That's the Indian. That's called a nace. A nace, the definition of a nace is when the Metsias of this world that is not, um, that is not, um, that is not in line with truth is moved away that truth can shine through. The truth is that the Yidden needed to get to the other side of Yamsuf, or however it went round in the semicircle, wherever it is, that Yidden needed to go through Yamsuf to get to Harsinai. That was true. So the Metsias of the sea had to give away. The Metsias of this world will always and eventually bow down to Emes. People understanding this? It's like, how are you behaving? What does your behavior look like? See, sometimes we behave in a way that isn't true to who we are. That will go away. That will finish eventually. 
the truth of who we are is we're mamish givaldic. We're mamish oiv deshem. We're from we're 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 hewn from under the kiseh covered mamish. We're from the highest place in reality, and we will that that will be them at see us at some point. That's the Geula Shalema. The Geula Shalema is when the Metzias will be completely nullified to the MS. Right now, we've got MS and we've got a Metzias that in a lot of ways, in nearly every way, isn't very MStic. But eventually, we'll see that that Metzias will dissolve away or get pushed away and the MS will shine through. And that will be, that. that is what we call Geula, which is we've said in other words, the expression, when your Neshama has expression, true expression, that's called Geula. That's a personal Geula. When you're behaving like a Tzaddik is in the Metzias of Geula, meaning his inner world and his outer world are completely in line with each other. Toichoi kaboiroi. That's why it says toichoi kaboiroi, not boiroi katoichoi. Why? You would think it would say that it says that the inner should be like the outer. You would think it should say that the outer should be like the inner. But the inner should be like the outer because that's that's the that's when the Metsias has actually bowed itself to the to the to the MS. That the Metsias has, has has become a a a uh, a revelation of the MS. That the MS is not the, the inner world is not the inner world has become like the tzaddik, like what it should really be, and it's expressing itself. It becomes manifest like the outer world, like in the Benoni. Because in the Benoni, the outer world is perfect, but the inner world needs the ticket. With me? So 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 the Indian of Matsyas and MS is the same Indian as as Geula, meaning that the the external world and the internal world, there should be a free flow. It should all be one. And that's that his name and him will be one, which is the union of the outer and the inner being together in unison. And that's, uh, that's basically the end of Peric 13. So just very quickly, we said that the Benoni is of a dual, a dual character internally, but is constantly behaving correctly. And just to just to add another final point, is that it's his behavior, it's his good behavior that helps him behave correctly. That sounds funny, but it's a very very deep point. Is that is it? Have you seen this book called Atomic Habits? Yeah, you read it? Very good book. Fantastic book. And the biggest takeaway from that book, for me, the biggest takeaway was that he was saying that if you want to become like a mensch, oh, there you go. If you want to become a mensch, yeah, start acting like a mensch. Because you can, this is exactly this side. This is the side of the Benoni. 
is the Benoni acts like a mensch, even when it's hard for him, yeah, but he acts like a mensch. That feeds back into the system and he starts to identify like a mensch. And that helps him act like a mensch, which makes him identify Vita as a mensch, which helps him act like a mensch. And it's an upward spiral. So the easiest thing that we've got to change, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this a lot of the time, but really it is the easiest thing that we have to, the, the thing that's most immediately within our control is our behavior. But the behavior, when we fix our behavior, that relays back in, it feeds back in, and it then helps us identify with that good behavior, which helps us behave correctly, which helps us identify with the good behavior, helps us behave correctly, and we're on an upward spiral, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, share good news, Bezrat Hashem. All the craziness in the world should finish. Amen. 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 Uh, Shmuel, can can you stay on for one minute? Yeah.